Hey everybody, just a quick disclaimer. While we were recording this episode, somewhere in my apartment building, there was a smoke alarm that was slowly dying. Uh, So every once in a while, you're going to hear a little tiny beep. I try to take most of them out, but I think there's some that got, you know, stuck in there. So uh, you're not going crazy. There There is a beeping every once in a while. Also, a second disclaimer, uh, at no point during the course of this episode do we mention the fact that the Decemberists were on an episode of Parks and Recreation, so honestly, I don't even know what the point of this episode even is. All right, thanks. I hope we get to the end and you're like, I fucking hate this band, yeah. <laughs> like after, yeah. after we've talked about them for dozens of hours together. Right. Yeah. And you've spent hundreds of hours editing these episodes. Uh, I mean, hundreds of hours might be a bit of a stretch, but, you know, thousands wouldn't be. <laughs> Here she comes in her Welcome to We Both Podcast Together The Hazards of Loving the Decemberists. I'm your host, Pete Wissinger. I am the co host, Matt Esner. And this is going to be, I'm calling it now, our shortest episode. That's a bold claim. Uh, I mean, I hope you're right. Well, let's think about this. There's only, we're we're now today covering the Flora Songs EP, which followed What a Terrible World, What a Beautiful World. Did I do it right that time? Yeah, you got it. All right. And uh, there's only five songs on it. Uh, That's all we're talking about this episode. And we don't have a guest to bullshit with. Right. So if Matt and I can focus, we might actually get a tight yeah. episode in. Just the two boys tonight. Yeah. The uh, the dull and witless boys. The uh, Oh, no, I was going to do the... Uh, oh, that was good. I, I was going to do... Uh, one of my suggestions was the rake and the rast about. Oh, yeah. For the for the title of the, the show. Yeah. You know what we should have called the, t- the show is uh, the, the Turbo Team. Uh, we could have called it the Turbo Team, uh, but we're not on the Turbo Team. No, no, we're not on the Turbo Team. You got to watch that episode of Characters. I I do. It's it's weighing heavily on my soul <laughs> that I haven't seen it yet. Do do we do we want to just dive right in, or is there is there any other pressing business? Well, so first of all, in terms of background, there's not much to say about this. This is yet another of a long string in this band's catalog of. EPs that are leftovers from the recording sessions of a main album. So I guess this tradition started with Picarescides, mm-hmm. pretty much. Right. There wasn't one after Crane Wife, um, but a lot of that stuff ended up on those bonus tracks instead. Right. At some point in, in, in their career, as I'm sh- sure with most uh, musicians, like EPs went from being like the cheapest way to like get your music out there, you know, like the, a, a cheap way to get a bunch of songs out as a sort of sales tool or a way to introduce people to your band to just being like where you put your leftovers. Well, I also feel like, I mean, EPs are kind of an antiquated thing. Yeah, for right? sure. I mean, it, it was originally, it's just a, a, a type of vinyl release, right? I mean, that's right. So, you know, they are sort of holding on to some old school rock and roll traditions as a band by continuing to put out EPs. Yeah. Cause nowadays artists just put out albums or tracks. Right. And it doesn't really matter much about a, a physical format. Yeah, that's a good point. Are there any other bands that you follow that put out EPs? Uh, some metal bands I follow do. Okay. I mean, the thing is, I've the other thing is that like vinyl is big again. 
So it could be that the EP is saved by the vinyl resurgence. Mm. Yeah. I saw someone with a t-shirt the other day that said, uh, vinyl is killing the MP3 industry. And I Aww. thought it was a pretty good t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is much like Long Live the King and Picarescades before it, a Leftovers EP. By the way, not to already go off topic, but... <laughs> oh no. I was uh, listening so well. to uh, a big December's playlist as I often do on Spotify. There's like a complete discography playlist that I'll just put on shuffle. And the home demo for Summer Song came up. And you remember at the picaresque episode, Summer Song was a song that, that none of us gave a shit about. Yeah. Isn't that Crane Wife? Yeah, it's on Crane Wife. Did I say okay. picaresque? You did. Okay, on Crane Wife. Uh, anyway, so on the 10th anniversary of Crane Wife, I got to listen to the home demo, which I'd never paid attention to. And it's pretty good, just with oh, Colin really? and the guitar. Huh. Like, I think that that song is way overproduced. Mm. Like the instrumentation is really bizarre and the backing vocals are a bit much. It's got the, it's got that, uh, accordion sort of like that heavy accordion line, right? That's yeah. The, I don't know what instrument it is, but it's way less irritating on just a guitar. Okay. That's good to know. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this whenever we were talking about, uh, I'm sure I didn't mention it when we were talking about what a terrible world, what a beautiful world, but there's a, uh, there's a solo acoustic set from Colin. I think it's the Newport, Newport folk festival, folk festival yeah. right before that they went into the studio to record that album, I believe. So it's, before, it's while they were still on hiatus, uh, Colin did that solo show and he did a version of Oh Philomena and it's, it's just him in a, in a, guitar and it's really interesting to hear it in that sort of like <laughs> without the nascent, 50s doo-wop production uh, yeah version it's really interesting huh. actually so you know for for those for those of you who don't know like npr is a great resource to get like solo colin shows and you know some early decemberist tracks or early decemberist concerts like there's still some from like you know when they when they were the darlings of all songs considered and uh you know, would, would get like their whole live concert streamed. Yeah. NPR used to do those live concerts recorded from the black cat in DC. And then the, what was the other one? The eight thirty eight thirty club, nine thirty yeah. club. That was the other big one. Yeah. Like this. So like these sort of, you know, mid to upper echelon indie bands would play there and they would, you know, I don't know. That was, that was always where I went to go find those live shows when I was, in my heyday of listening to the Decemberists. I never really sought out the live shows, I guess because I saw them live a lot. And yeah, I, I don't know why. Because I have been the kind of person who has gone and looked for like bootleg band mm-hmm. concerts before. Yeah. But I never did with the Decemberists. Well, I think for me, it was, it was mostly a function of uh, this was a time when I was in college before Spotify was a thing. Um, and so you could either, if you wanted to listen to your own music and you, if you were at a computer lab on campus or something like back in the day, you, you either had to have like an MP3 player with you, or you could, you'd have to find a website that wasn't being blocked by your college that would <laughs> right. let you stream music. And so for me, NPR was a, was a great uh, option for that. That is fair. I remember song sharing being blocked and whatnot. Right. But now, I mean, like. One, are computer labs even a thing now? Or like, I don't know. I haven't been to college for a Yeah, decade, libraries so like, have computers. Does everyone does everyone just get a laptop in college now? Or yeah, everybody just, has do, a are laptop. Still, everyone gets a laptop when they're in like middle school now. Wow. So this, I would say, is closer to Long Live the King than Picarescades. 
Um, just because Picaresides was these sort of like unfinished demos. Right. Whereas these are definitely fully produced songs. These are done. Terrible World, Beautiful World was originally going to be a 19-track double LP. And Colin said in an interview I watched that sequencing that album took him longer than sequencing any other album he's ever put out. And uh, that, like, the only way it worked was to cut a bunch of songs out. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, it's already kind of a mess of sequencing. He could have cut deeper. He could have cut deeper. I think we would agree. Um so we've got five tracks here that could have fit on the album done from the same recording sessions, which took place over the course of like a year and a half. So I guess we should just jump in, right? Let's hit it. All right. So the first track, why would I now? Have I ever lost your way? Have I ever left you late? Have I ever come unstayed? Why would I? I'm assuming that they left this one off because it just sounds like another single. It sounds like Make You Better. Like it just—it it feels like Make You Better. I don't know it's, if it sounds like it, but it's not as good as Make You Better. I—I I agree. I still like this song a lot, but it's, oh, I like it's kind of in the same vein. For sure. I feel like they could have put this in instead of Mistral, and I would have been happy mm. about it. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's a good call. Because um, I like this track. It's really good, and it's it's a pretty conventional, like, sort of, I don't know, mid-tempo rock song. Like, it's not, like, weird. It doesn't have any, like, weird instrumentation. I guess right. there might be a little fiddle in there, maybe. But it's not, it doesn't sound like something that wouldn't exist on at least like alternative radio, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a pretty piano heavy rock song. Yeah. It's also in, in the camp of generic to the point of being, uh, accessible in terms um, of lyrics terms of, or, yeah, or lyrically, music. Lyrically. It's not like, yeah, it's not about anything in particular. No, it is generally, uh, you know, about kind of finding your way in the world. Right. I think that's something I've sort of, maybe something I've already, I've always known, but, but doing this podcast and listening to these songs has really sort of hammered home how important, um, genericness is to pop songs. Like being able to ascribe whatever meaning you want to it is really, it seems like kind of important for making a, a good pop song. It's also exactly the kind of thing that is absent from their early albums. Right. Do you think that's like a a deliberate choice in there as they've aged, like to become more accessible? Or do you think that's just where they are as in, in terms of being songwriters? I think I talked about this in our last episode, but I feel like at this point in his career, Kamaloy has other creative outlets. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't feel like he needs to make his entire personality's artistic statement within these songs. Right. So he can just let pop songs be pop songs. Mm-hmm. And not be stories about, you know, shapeshifters. Right, right. Do you miss that? Do you wish? Oh, you I, would- I, I wish they would go hard back to Prague. Mm. Like, I, I yeah. would love another Prague album from the Decemberists. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this isn't a track I get excited about, but like, it's really nice. The melody's really cool. Um, like you said, lyrically, there's not a ton to grab onto, but um, it works with the song. 
Right. It's a song I could play for my parents and they'd be they'd be probably either into it or they wouldn't be like, oh, this is weird. Yeah, it's it is the opposite of weird. Like there's nothing weird about this song. They used to be such a weird band. Yeah, it used to be kind of a struggle. But like if you played this for someone who didn't know about the December, they'd be like, yeah, this is good. Yeah. But because it's a just generally solid pop song, I don't have a lot else to say about it. Uh, yeah, well, let's just, uh, let's just move on. Let's, uh, let's take a little, uh, a detour to the, to the river and maybe go for a swim. Shut up. River swim. <laughs> say they are a band that uses water a lot as a motif yeah they do they always have i mean track one oceanside right track one of their first release um so this is the longest song on this ep it's almost five minutes long and it kind of feels like it i don't think this song exists i've listened to it like a dozen times and i couldn't tell you a thing single thing about it like every time it's like have i heard this song before is this a and then I'm like, oh, it's just River Swim. Yeah, it's got kind of like a, a slow country waltz kind of sound to it. Mm-hmm. Decent amount of accordion. It's kind of a snoozer. Yeah. And for a, a song that's as long as it is, it only has two verses. Right. In a five-minute song. What has happened? Like, I mean, you telling me <laughs> that, like, I can't even imagine what's happening in this song. I can't recall anything that goes on during this song. Uh... The, there's a mention of a uh, the verse two starts with a wailing whine, a windigo. Oh, okay. So maybe this is this uh, low key song about like mythical creatures. Yeah, if it's about like the sort of werewolves of the north, uh, <laughs> you're into it maybe now, I'm right? Maybe I'm in. Maybe I'm in. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, let's the lyrics here: River Run and Brother Row. God, I'm and already the, bored. <laughs> and the ease between us, the calm below. I mean, it's just. This it's feels like, like it's a song about nothing. Like, like when he was writing this song, I'm, I don't think there was anything happening. Yeah, I mean, and the chorus is surround us, oh, drown us. Mm. Mm. Uh, something that kind of occurred to me when I was listening to this EP uh, is that there is a version of what a terrible world, what a beautiful world. That's just the King is dead part two. Like there's tracks you, you can remove out. and then put some of these on. And this would definitely be on it. If you were making a King is dead part two. This, another thing this song kind of makes me think of is, you know, Colin talking interviews about how like we would just go in the studios and just kind of feel out the songs and let them be what they're going to be. And this feels like they were just, they were just grooving when they did this yeah. one. Yeah. Like it's, Folky, slightly jazzy almost. How would you feel if if you spent a lot of time, you know, working on a song, got it to the best version of itself, and then it's just river swim? Like, <laughs> do you think that's like a defeat? Do you think they like look at themselves and like, man, 
And then two Maybe. assholes who don't know anything about anything <laughs> fucking make fun of it on a podcast. <laughs> sure, that's just devastating. Yeah, I think just this is the, the There's real, no recovering from that. Um, yeah, so this this feels like they like like halfway through <laughs> they decide they want to like take a nap or something, and yeah. they were like, just keep the track looping, like. There are very long instrumental segments on this song where, like, nothing really interesting is happening. Like, it's kind of pretty, but, like, yeah. Do you think they ever played this live? Do you think this has ever made it? <laughs> I think if they did, list? everyone in the crowd would be like, what? what? <laughs> uh, Pete just made a, a face as, as if oh, he yeah. was this saying, is a, I forgot this what? is, a, <laughs> I forgot this is a, a purely audio medium. Uh, anyway. Well, let's, let's punch it up a notch. Yeah, let's go on to the next track that we haven't listened to yet, River Swim. <laughs> nope, we're done with River Swim. We've already listened to River Swim? We, we did. It's Have that we? that low lulling one. Oh, man. So I what is no the idea. actual next track? Uh, track three is Fits and Starts. <laughs> Decemberist punk song Yeah Yeah I mean this is like Straight up like Like punk is the best thing I can use to describe it You know they've dipped their toe in metal before But this is kind of them trying to be like Hardcore To I would say limited success Um, I would agree It definitely feels like they're trying hard on this track Yeah It doesn't come off natural I would say Yeah Uh, Because you got kind of like noisy instrumentation Yelly vocals. You know, one thing I've been thinking about, uh, when we had AJ on for King is Dead, he said that Colin Malloy's strength is writing really pretty vocal melodies. And I think that that's that's true because he has sort of an interesting voice and he writes really good melodies, which makes him pleasant to listen to. But you got a song like this, which is almost like devoid of melody. Right. And it, it just doesn't really land. Uh, so, so since this is more of a sort of freeform exploratory episode, I'm, I'm trying something a little different. I dropped a, I dropped a link in the chat, Pete. I want you to take a look at that. <laughs> what are you fucking doing? <laughs> so this song has, I think it's about, it's about uh, communist Russia, I think, or something. I don't know. It's, I think it's set in Russia. Which song? Fits and Starts? Yeah. Yeah, they mention uh, Russia. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's just sort of a, like, attempt at like a where the war came kind of like okay yeah yeah anyway but musically i feel like it it shares some uh similarities to uh another song dude i haven't thought I'm, about the essex green in so long right well i think that the essex green is like one of those bands that has like one outstanding album and like not a lot else that i i mean not not that their other stuff isn't good but like they have one album that's just like really really good but anyway, I feel like this song has a similar structure to an Essex Green song called Cardinal Points. Where, whereas this is like punk, Cardinal, Cardinal Points takes a similar sort of rhythm and, and melodic structure and makes it like just sort of a driving, uh, I guess you're saying the, gu- rock song. The, the, the guitar riff is a little bit similar. Mm-hmm. Is, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess like, so if he had decided to 
pretty up the vocals a little bit. They maybe couldn't have. They maybe could have gotten away with the music. Is that kind of what you're saying? Uh, well, I'm I'm just saying it kind of sounds like that Essex Green song, <laughs> dude. That is a stretch. I don't know. I think that I is know. a stretch. I That's... like this Essex Green song better than this December song. So, uh, it's kind of kind of off topic a little bit, but like, what is the minimum number of of songs you'd have to like from a band to like? kind of guarantee you'll listen to their next album. Like, is there a, is there a threshold? on how much I like the song. Okay. Well, like if, if there's just like one good song on an album, are you going to, are you going to listen to the band's next? Probably not. Okay. I'll just put that track on a playlist. Right. Well, so like for me, like, um, uh, broken social scene, they have one song that I love. Uh, I love a lot of a 17 year old girl. But like I've never really gelled with a lot of their other albums, so like I probably won't ever like seek out any more Broken Social Scene. But I will put that track on any, you know, I'd put that on a mix. But like if there's like four songs on a on an album that I like, then I'll just I'll keep following at least till the next one. Huh. Um, but do you is, do you have anything like that? Is there do you have a well, threshold or? Well, you're wrong about Broken Social Scene because they're right. in general great. Uh, but no, I, I've never consciously thought anything like that. Yeah. Um, but I don't follow music as closely as I used to. Right. Well, see, the new pornographers were like that for a while, where they just kept hitting the threshold for me. <laughs> On They're each like, album. Right. Yeah, it's like, all right, well, I'm I'm in for the next one because there's four I like. What are some bands you used uh, to listen to a lot that you couldn't even tell me if they've come out with an album in the last five years? Uh, well, I mean... I'm sure Wilco has, but I haven't listened to a Wilco album since Wilco, the album. Yeah. You used to be way uh, into Wilco. I was huge into Wilco. Um, Guster, that's another one that I, I used to be big into Guster. Yeah. And uh, I'm, and th- these are bands where I assume they were, they've been putting out stuff. So two for me that I think of is like, I used to be huge on Andrew Bird. Mm. I'm sure he still does good stuff. Yeah. I just lost touch with him. Yeah. Uh, and Ockerville River, I was a big fan of. Yeah. Not sure what they're up to. Yeah. But uh, what are the what are the bands that you're into right now that you're you'll drop everything and pick up whatever they put out? Or do you have any bands like that right now? Uh Baroness. Okay. It's one uh, of your metal ones. That is well, I mean, I guess they're metal. They get categorized with metal. Oh my god. Here okay. We go. Never mind. Um <laughs> No 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 no. Please. Uh Decemberists. Right. Fleet Foxes. Really? Oh yeah. I mean, they've only got three albums. I mean, their third one isn't great. Didn't, but didn't they put out a greatest hits album after their second album? <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, on Spotify there is a greatest Vampire hits album. Weekend. Sure. Yeah. Arcade Fire. Actually, I can't say that Arcade Fire anymore. I think they have put out an album that I didn't really listen to. Really? Yeah, the one after Suburbs. I like gave oh, it a once yeah. over, and was yeah, like, that mm, one's okay. Pass. You can you can take a pass on that one. But they're the one that came out like two years ago, three years ago. That's a that's a stone cold classic. Yeah. What about you? Give me, give me two or three artists that, uh, yeah. So obviously I talk about it all the time. Nico case, Jason Isabel, those two, anything they put out, I'm listening to. And then, um, uh, I would say arcade fire is one that I'll, I'll drop everything. And then one that maybe we don't talk about as much, uh, LCD sound system. Yeah. That's one I would, I love LCD sound system. Out, Should we move on to the next song? Fits and yeah, starts. Final about. review of fits and starts. Kind of feels like they're trying too hard. Yeah, I don't know. It's not good. Yeah. Track four: The Harrowed and the Haunted. 
I kind of like this track. I do too. Uh, I, I really dig it. I think if this was on an album, it's definitely like a mid mid album kind of track. Yeah, this is one of those like gymnast or uh, bagman's kind of. I, I could see starting or ending a side of a of a vinyl with this, like being the last track before you flip it. I think it's a good. That's a good spot for this. Yeah, I mean it's it's got a really cool melody. It's it's another piano heavy song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I. This one is, and it's another Laura Veers backing track, mm. which I feel like when they use her for backing vocals, it tends to stand out pretty well. I think that her and Colin's voices mesh pretty well. They just blend so well. I don't know. Maybe she just has some sort of superpower where she she has like the best backing vocals ever because on her, on the Case Lang Veers LP, like yeah. she does some stellar backing vocals on that too. Well, this is the second time in a row that she's had a backing vocal track get cut from the album. Yeah. Because she was on uh, E. Watson. Yeah, the, I don't know. This song, it's, it's kind of melancholic. It's got like a, it, it kind of reminds me of Sleepless a little bit. Yeah, I could hear that. But it's uh, it's also a lot more, well, it's, it's shorter than Sleepless. So it doesn't have like the kind of like two song. Sleepless is one of those like where they secretly do two songs and they call it one. So if you're going to throw this one on the album, which I think it, it deserves a spot, what do you pull out? Oh man, like half of the album? No, I mean like anything in the middle. Lake song. Lake song. Sure, lose Lake song. Like losing Lake song does nothing but improve the album. I, I want to take it up to you right now to say hello to the December subreddit. Uh, oh, okay. And uh, the reason for that is because they're doing this thing right now where uh, they'll put an album up and people will vote for their favorite and least favorite songs on the album and then they'll do like a ranking. Oh, wow. Uh, you'll be sad to hear that the bottom song on King is Dead was All Arise. These are the people I've, I've sent the podcast out to, Matt. Haters yeah, I, of All Arise. I've, I've mentioned several times that I don't think they would like this show. Um, and uh, and uh, on, on Beautiful World, Terrible World, the bottom track was Better Not Wake the Baby, which was my top track on that album. But Lake Song was top five. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who are these people? Well, you know, I think the the only thing that's worse than people who don't like the Decemberists are people who like the Decemberists but don't like the songs that you like. Do, do you share Colin's disdain for Decemberist fans? Although I share his disdain for the ones who like Lake Song. <laughs> you know, it's kind, of, it's kind of funny. You talked about him hating the fans at least a little bit. I wonder if that comes from a place of self-loathing. Like yeah, if you I think that so. you're dog shit, then you're like, who are these fucking idiots who think I'm great? Like well, like, what if what if you Pete Wissinger became super famous? Yeah, what and if? like your fan base was all just like MAGA dudes, like Ugh. MAGA bros. Like, would you just be like, cool, these guys really love me, or would you be like, I'm just not going to do what I do? <laughs> no, anymore. I would straight no up no more like, sing along. I would suicide alienate songs. all of them. Uh, yeah. I actually have an idea for how I would become famous. I think I could become a famous YouTuber. Oh, okay. And uh, I would do this with with a show, a web series called Pete Nutbutter Telly Time. And what the show is is just me. Hold on, hold on, (laughs) hold on. Let's Matt, I've thought so much about this. Let's take a moment to unpack (laughs) the title. Yeah. Pete Pete Nut butter, nut butter, telly, telly time. time. So this is a show where every episode 
I just put peanut butter on something that you wouldn't expect to put peanut butter on and I review how it is paired with peanut butter. Okay, so I wasn't even I wasn't I'm glad we unpacked it a little bit because I wasn't even like catching the the pun. Peat nut butter. I was thinking Telly peat, time. Nut butter. Like so you would just like review nut butters. That's what I was no, thinking no, no. initially. It's, it's peanut butter. It's all right. peanut butter. I'm I'm using straight up Jif peanut butter on random stuff like, I don't know, a chicken sandwich or um like a zucchini. And I'll okay. see how well it pairs. Yeah. This, is every that, episode, like, this could be big, right? We probably shouldn't be, we should, we shouldn't record. This. We should we stop now. Want, yeah. We don't yeah. want to spread this around. You have to cut this but, all out because this but, could be huge, right? Uh, um, let me just ask one question. Is every episode one item? Uh, so I figure there'd be, there'd be two per episode with a break in the middle okay. where, um, yeah, cause you want to let people digest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it'd be like chicken sandwich, some kind of break. And then like um, spaghetti and meatballs, mm-hmm. right? I think this would be at least as good as Leonard's frozen pizza review show. It'd be better. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, th- that's how I would get famous. And you're right; that probably would attract the wrong kind of fans. Right. I mean, the name is great. Like it would probably quickly become a, a QAnon hashtag Save the Children style fan base. But yeah, so so uh, <laughs> so that's the heroine in the haunted. That's heroine in the haunted. Good track. It is good a good track. track. Um, we have one more. I, I one more thing to say about Heroin and Haunted. I forgot I was going to mention this, but I think like if this was actually on an album, I would have like some sort of hot take about it secretly being like the best track on an album. I don't think there is an album where this is the best track, but I would probably like argue that it is. It's just like unassuming in a way it's, that it's good. Yeah, I mean, a track that, like I said, it kind of reminds me of in that it's sort of unassuming but really, really pretty and really, really good is like Bagman's Gambit. Mm-hmm. Not that it actually reminds me of that song, right. but it would it would serve a similar function on an album, I yeah, think. Yeah, it's sneakily really good. Mm-hmm. All right, now we can talk about Stateside. Stateside. You know, I'm not always a fan of the, like, solo electric guitar kind of thing. Right. You get it live a decent amount, but it doesn't happen a lot on albums. Right. Um, But I actually think the effect is pretty neat here. Yeah. Now, where would this slide in on any Decemberist album? Yeah, this is the secret. This is the this is the song after the uh, after the showstopper. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, was there a song like this on on? No, it ended with an opening track. Remember? That's right. Fuck that song. Anyway. Beginning uh, song's yeah. amazing. But anyway. It's a it's a good song. Uh but yeah, like this is a this is a good album closer. And it's the kind of song that that works well when, you know, Colin just wants to do a, a solo song between sets. This kind of reminds me a little bit of uh Tallest Man on Earth has a couple tracks that are just him and an electric guitar. Mm-hmm. Um this kind of reminds me of that. There's not a whole lot to it, but it sounds like the kind of like more personal track that Colin would have yeah. written. It's like waiting for someone to come home. Days. Right. So yeah, that's Flora songs. It's a breezy 18 minute. Could you imagine adding 18 minutes to that album? I can't even fathom it. 
<laughs> like that would be the worst decision. Cause yeah. like if you threw all these on there, there's no way you could sequence it that it wouldn't feel like a slog. Right. What would you say is the best track on here? Harrowed and Haunted. Yeah, I'm between that and Why Would I Now. Why Would I um, Now is really good. Honestly, they're the only two songs that I really, really like on it. Well, uh, before we before we move on, there's there's a there's one more segment that we did. Have they to review do. this. They did. Uh, this was reviewed by Pitchfork, so it's time for everyone's favorite segment. Does Pitchfork still like the Decemberists? All right. So I don't know. Last time I accidentally peaked. I don't know the score for this. I will tell you, it did not get best new music. Yeah, that figures. This is not an EP that I think is going to elicit strong opinions in either direction. Uh, I will say it was reviewed by Evan Reitlewski. I'm going to give it straight up. They probably said 6-5. Wow. Well, you're wrong, obviously. Have you ever been right? I don't think you've ever been right. I've been close. Yeah. Yeah, this This is the least close you've ever been. What'd they give it? Uh, 5.8. Wow. So they actually didn't like it. Well, they liked it better than What a Terrible World, What a Beautiful World, but... What did that get? 5.6. That's such a harsh score for that album. Yeah, they didn't like that album. And of course, since it's a newer viewer, obviously they're going to shit on... Just, oh, uh, yeah. That's what, get- I mean, it's like the, the, the <laughs> baptism at, at Pitchfork Media. It's, welcome to Pitchfork... Please write something shitting on Houses of Love and then do whatever you want after that. Yeah, it's like... Move on to cover, I, I don't know. It's like such collective. like uh, easy cheap shots at the Decemberists all the yeah. time. At this point, yeah, that's what they do. Um, so, you know, the the, uh, the review is is whatever. But the, the snarkiest thing is, for all the Decemberists' instincts as performers, they've never been a band to leave listeners wanting more. Which is just, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I mean, as much as they used to like the band, like, I guess they, their, their beef is that the, the band isn't changing enough. But then they, they don't like when they do try and change. But I mean, that, I think that just happens with bands. Right. We'll talk about it next week. But I think the, there is change in the next, there's, there's a marked difference between, uh, terrible world and I'll be your girl. Yeah. Next, next, uh, episode will be, I'll be your girl, which, which you really feel the band trying something new on that album. It is, it's definitely, if, if nothing else, uh, a change of pace. Yeah. Flora songs. I skipped it the first time around and I'll, there's maybe two tracks on here. I'll continue listening to. Yeah, I think so. I think that covers it, right? I think we, we should probably say hello to our new listeners. All right. All right. Hello. So I, I, I finally, after joking about how terrible of an idea it would be, put a link to our podcast on the Decemberist subreddit, which I can only assume is where Decemberist fans congregate these days. Uh, that used to be on the Decemberist message board, decemberist.com slash orate, which I don't think exists anymore. Uh, Reddit.com slash r slash the decemberists has a whopping uh 1.8 thousand members there's currently as we're recording this 10 people currently on this page okay anyway so i'm sorry to all of you that we shit talk the band so much on a podcast about them i, I make no apologies <laughs> uh but yeah that's mostly it yeah 
Well, uh, there's one more thing that we have to do. The sign off. I actually have a good one right now. Do you really? Good. Because yeah. I, I don't have anything, so I'm happy to let All you All right, know. listeners, this has been We Both Podcast Together. Until next time, will you be there waiting? Yeah, that's fine. Is that is that from one of the songs on the CP? Uh, yeah, your favorite song on the EP. Wow. Will you be there waiting? That's angelic. Herod and the Haunted? You, yeah. you with me yet? I... Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.